The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Good afternoon and welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer. Leslie will be live starting next hour at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, through the rest of the show live from the DNC in Philadelphia with some great guests. But in the meantime, we are going to play back two of what were the most anticipated speeches last night at the DNC with Senator Bernie Sanders and First Lady Michelle Obama. We're actually going to go a little out of order because it was Michelle Obama who ended up speaking before Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. But Bernie uh, was arguably the uh, most anticipated speech of the night, uh, and uh, neither he or the First Lady or Elizabeth Warren disappointed. But we're going to start with Senator Sanders. If you notice, the applause lines are a little shorter. We had to edit down some of those so we could fit them into this hour. So without further ado, here is Senator Sanders last night at the DNC. It is an honor to be here tonight and to be following in the footsteps of my good friend Elizabeth Warren and to be here tonight to thank Michelle Obama for her incredible service to our country. She has made all of us proud. Let me begin by thanking the hundreds of thousands of Americans who actively participated in our campaign as volunteers. Thank you. Let me thank the two and a half million Americans who helped fund our campaign with an unprecedented eight million individual campaign contributions. Anyone know what that average contribution was? $27. And let me thank the 13 million Americans who voted for the political revolution, giving us the 1,000 846 pledged delegates here tonight. And delegates, thank you for being here. And thank you for all the work you have done. I look forward to your votes during the roll call tomorrow night. And and let me offer a special thanks to the people of my own state of Vermont who have sustained me and supported me as a mayor, congressman, senator, and presidential candidate. And to my family, my wife Jane, our four kids, and seven grandchildren, thank you very much. I understand that many people here in this convention hall and around the country are disappointed about the final results of the nominating process. I think it's fair to say that no one is more disappointed than I am. 
but to all of our supporters here and around the country. I hope you take enormous pride in the historical accomplishments we have achieved. Together, together, my friends, we have begun a political revolution to transform America, and that revolution, our revolution, continues. Election days, election days come and go, but the struggle of the people to create a government which represents all of us and not just the 1%. A government based on the principles of economic, social, racial, and environmental justice, that struggle continues. And I look forward to being part of that struggle with you. Let me be as clear as I can be. This election is not about and has never been about Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders or any of the other candidates who sought the presidency. This election is not about political gossip. It's not about polls. It's not about campaign strategy. It's not about fundraising. It is not about all the things that the media spends so much time discussing. This election is about and must be about the needs of the American people and the kind of future we create for our children and our grandchildren. This election is about ending the 40-year decline of our middle class. The reality that 47 million men, women, and children today live in poverty. It is about understanding that if we do not transform our economy, our younger generation will likely have a lower standard of living than their parents. This election is about ending the grotesque level of income and wealth inequality in America today. It is not moral, it is not acceptable, and it is not sustainable that the top one-tenth of one percent now owns almost as much wealth as the bottom 90 percent. Or that the top one percent in recent years has earned 85 percent of all new income. That is unacceptable. That must change. This election is about remembering where we were seven and a half years ago when President Obama came into office after eight years of Republican trickle-down economics. The Republicans want us to forget that as a result of the greed, recklessness, and illegal behavior on Wall Street, 
our economy was in the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. That's where we were. That is where we were. Some 800,000 people a month were losing their jobs. 800,000 people. We were running up a record-breaking deficit of $1.4 trillion. And by the way, the world's financial system was on the verge of collapse. That's where we were when President Obama came into office. Well, we have come a long way in the last seven and a half years, and I thank President Obama and Vice President Biden. I thank them for their leadership in pulling us out of that terrible recession. Yes, we have made progress, but I think we can all agree that much, much more needs to be done. So we're going to take a quick break here and get back to Bernie Sanders right after this. This is Mark Romaldi and for Leslie Marshall. And again, Leslie will be live next hour from the DNC. We'll be right back. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi having coverage here as we replay Bernie Sanders and Michelle Obama's speech as we await Leslie Marshall joining us next hour live from the DNC. Back to Bernie Sanders. This election is about which candidate understands the real problems facing this country and has offered real solutions. Not just bombast, not just fear-mongering, not just name-calling and divisiveness. We need leadership in this country which will improve the lives of working families, the children, the elderly, the sick, and the poor. We need leadership which brings our people together and makes us stronger, not leadership which insults Latinos and Mexicans, insults Muslims and women, African Americans and veterans, and seeks to divide us up. By these measures, any objective observer will conclude that based on her ideas and her leadership, Hillary Clinton must become the next president of the United States. This election is about a single mother, a single mom I saw in Nevada, who with tears in her eyes told me she was scared to death about the future because she and her daughter were not making it 
on the $10.45 an hour she was earning. This election is about that woman and the millions of other workers in this country who are struggling to survive on totally inadequate wages. Hillary Clinton understands that if someone in this country works 40 hours a week, that person should not be living in poverty. She understands that we must raise the minimum wage to a living wage. And she is determined to create millions of new jobs by rebuilding our crumbling infrastructure, our roads, bridges, water systems, and wastewater plants. But her opponent, Donald Trump, well, he has a very different point of view. He does not support raising the federal minimum wage of seven and a quarter an hour, a starvation wage. While Trump believes in huge tax breaks, huge tax breaks for billionaires, he believes that states should actually have the right to lower the minimum wage below seven and a quarter. Brothers and sisters, this election is about overturning Citizens United. Citizens United is one of the worst Supreme Court decisions in the history of our country. That decision allows the wealthiest people in America, like the billionaire Koch brothers, to spend hundreds of millions of dollars buying elections and in the process undermine American democracy. Hillary Clinton will nominate justices to the Supreme Court who are prepared to overturn Citizens United. And end the movement toward oligarchy that we are seeing in this country. Our Supreme Court appointments will also defend a woman's right to choose, workers' rights, the rights of the LGBT community, the needs of minorities and immigrants, and the government's ability to protect our environment. If you don't believe that this election is important, if you think you can sit it out, take a moment to think about the Supreme Court justices that Donald Trump would nominate. And what that would mean to civil liberties, equal rights, and the future of our country.
This election is about the thousands of young people I have met all over this country. The thousands that I have met who left college deeply in debt, and tragically, the many others who cannot afford to go to college. During the primary campaign, Secretary Clinton and I both focused on this issue, but with somewhat different approaches. Recently, however, we have come together on a proposal that will revolutionize higher education in America. It will guarantee, guarantee that the children of any family in this country with an annual income of 125000 a year or less, 83% of our population will be able to go to a public college or university tuition free. That proposal also substantially reduces student debt. This election is about climate change, the great environmental crisis facing our planet, and the need to leave this world in a way that is healthy and habitable for our children and future generations. Hillary Clinton is listening to the scientists who tell us that unless we act boldly to transform our energy system in the very near future, there will be more drought, more floods, more acidification of the oceans, more rising sea levels. She understands that we can create hundreds of thousands of jobs transforming our energy system. Donald Trump, well, like most Republicans, he chooses to reject science. He believes that climate change is a hoax, no need to address it. Hillary Clinton understands that a president's job is to worry about future generations, not the profits of the fossil fuel industry. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi leading into Leslie Marshall, who will be joining us at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the DNC. In the meantime, we go back to the speech last night by Bernie Sanders. This campaign is about moving the United States toward universal health care and reducing the number of people who are uninsured or underinsured. Hillary Clinton wants to see that all Americans have the right to choose a public option in their health care exchange. She believes that anyone 55 or older should be able to opt in to Medicare. And she wants to see millions more Americans gain access to primary health care, dental care, mental health counseling, low-cost prescription drugs. 
to a major expansion of community health centers. And what is Donald Trump's position on health care? Well, no surprise there. Same old, same old Republican contempt for working families. He wants to abolish the Affordable Care Act, throw 20 million people off of health insurance, and cut Medicaid for lower-income Americans. Hillary Clinton also understands that millions of seniors, disabled vets, and others are struggling with the outrageously high cost of prescription drugs. And the fact that Americans pay the highest prices in the world for the medicine we use. She knows that Medicare must negotiate drug prices with the pharmaceutical industry. And that drug companies should not be making billions in profit when one out of five Americans are unable to afford the medicine they need. The greed of the drug companies must end. This election is about the leadership we need to pass comprehensive immigration reform and repair a broken criminal justice system. It's about making sure that young people in this country are in good schools and in good jobs, not rotting in jail cells. Hillary Clinton understands that we have to invest in education and jobs for our young people, not more jails or incarceration. In these stressful times for our country, this election must be about bringing our people together, not dividing us up. While Donald Trump is busy insulting one group after another, Hillary Clinton understands that our diversity is one of our greatest strengths. Yes, we become stronger when black and white, Latino, Asian American, Native American, when all of us stand together. Yes, we become stronger when men and women, young and old, gay and straight, native born and immigrant, fight together to create the kind of country we all know we can become. It is no secret that Hillary Clinton and I disagree on a number of issues. That is what this campaign has been about. That is what democracy is about. But I'm happy to tell you that at the Democratic Platform Committee, there was a significant coming together between the two campaigns, and we produced by far the most progressive platform in the history of the Democratic Party. Among many, many other strong provisions, the Democratic Party now calls 
for breaking up the major financial institutions on Wall Street and the passage of a 21st century Glass-Steagall Act. It also calls for strong opposition to job-killing trade agreements like the TPP. Our job... <laughs> right. We have got to make sure that TPP does not get to the floor of the Congress in the lame duck session. Our job now is to see that strong democratic platform implemented by a democratic-controlled Senate, by a democratic House, and a Hillary Clinton presidency. And I am going to do all that I can to make that happen. I have known Hillary Clinton for 25 years. I remember her, as you do, as a great first lady who broke precedent in terms of the role that a first lady was supposed to play as she helped lead the fight for universal health care. I served with her in the United States Senate and know her as a fierce advocate for the rights of children, for women, and for the disabled. Hillary Clinton will make an outstanding president, and I am proud to stand with her tonight. Thank you all very much. And we'll be back with Michelle Obama's speech right after this. Here is Michelle, First Lady Michelle Obama's speech from the DNC last night. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that it has been eight years since I first came to this convention to talk with you about why I thought my husband should be president. <laughs> Remember how I told you about his character and conviction, his decency and his grace, the traits that we've seen every day that he served our country in the White House. <laughs> I also told you about our daughters, how they are the heart of our hearts, the center of our world, and during our time in the White House, we've had the joy of watching them grow from bubbly little girls into poised young women, a journey that started soon after we arrived in Washington when they set off for their first day at their new school. I will never forget that winter morning as I watched our girls, just seven and 10 years old, pile into those black SUVs with all those big men with guns. (laughs) 
and I saw their little faces pressed up against the window. And the only thing I could think was, what have we done? <laughs> See, because at that moment, I realized that our time in the White House would form the foundation for who they would become. And how well we managed this experience could truly make or break them. That is what Barack and I think about every day as we try to guide and protect our girls through the challenges of this unusual life in the spotlight. How we urge them to ignore those who question their father's citizenship or faith. How we insist that the hateful language they hear from public figures on TV does not represent the true spirit of this country. How we explain that when someone is cruel or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level. No, our motto is, when they go low, we go high. <laughs> with, with every word we utter, with every action we take, we know our kids are watching us. We as parents are their most important role models. And let me tell you, Barack and I take that same approach to our jobs as president and first lady because we know that our words and actions matter, not just to our girls, but to children across this country. Kids, kids who tell us, I saw you on TV, I wrote a report on you for school. <laughs> Kids like the little black boy who looked up at my husband, his eyes wide with hope, and he wondered, is my hair like yours? And make no mistake about it, this November when we go to the polls, that is what we're deciding. Not Democrat or Republican, not left or right, no, in this election and every election is about who will have the power to shape our children for the next four or eight years of their lives. And I, I am here tonight because in this election, there is only one person who I trust with that responsibility. Only one person who I believe is truly qualified to be President of the United States. And that is our friend, Hillary Clinton. Hillary to lead this country because I've seen her lifelong devotion to our nation's children. Not just her own daughter, who she has raised to perfection, but, but every child who needs a champion. Kids who take the long way to school to avoid the gangs. Kids who wonder how they'll ever afford college. Kids whose parents don't speak a word of English but dream of a better life. Kids who look to us to determine who and what they can be. You see, Hillary has spent decades doing the relentless, thankless work to actually make a difference in their lives. Advocating for kids with disabilities as a young lawyer, fighting for children's health care as first lady, and for quality child care in the Senate. And when she didn't win the nomination eight years ago, 
She didn't get angry or disillusioned. She, Hillary did not, Hillary did not pack up and go home. Because as a true public servant, Hillary knows that this is so much bigger than her own desires and disappointments. So she proudly stepped up to serve our country once again as Secretary of State, traveling the globe to keep our kids safe. And look, there were plenty of moments when Hillary could have decided that this work was too hard that the price of public service was too high, that she was tired of being picked apart for how she looks or how she talks or even how she laughs. But here's the thing. What I admire most about Hillary is that she never buckles under pressure. She, she never takes the easy way out. And Hillary Clinton has never quit on anything in her life. And when I think about the kind of president that I want for my girls and all our children, that's what I want. I want someone with the proven strength to persevere. Someone who knows this job and takes it seriously. Someone who understands that the issues a president faces are not black and white and cannot be boiled down to 140 characters. Look, because... Because when, when you have the nuclear codes at your fingertips and the military in your command, you can't make snap decisions. You, you can't have a thin skin or a tendency to lash out. You need to be steady and measured and well-informed. I want a president with a record of public service, someone whose life's work shows our children that we don't chase fame and fortune for ourselves. We fight to give everyone a chance to succeed. And, and we give back even when we're struggling ourselves because we know that there is always someone worse off. And there, but for the grace of God, go I. I want a president who will teach our children that everyone in this country matters. A president who truly believes in the vision that our founders put forth all those years ago, that we are all created equal, each a beloved part of the great American story. And when crisis hits, we don't turn against each other. No, we, we listen to each other. We lean on each other because we are always stronger together. And I am here tonight because I know that that is the kind of president that Hillary Clinton will be. And that's why in this election, I'm with her. You see, Hillary understands that the president is about one thing and one thing only. It's about leaving something better for our kids. That's how we've always moved this country forward by all of us coming together on behalf of our children. Folks who volunteer to coach that team, to teach that Sunday school class, because they know it takes a village. Heroes 
of every color and creed who wear the uniform and risk their lives to keep passing down those blessings of liberty, police officers and the protesters in Dallas who all desperately want to keep our children safe, people who lined up in Orlando to donate blood because it could have been their son, their daughter in that club. Leaders like Tim Kaine, who show, who show our kids what decency and devotion look like. Leaders like Hillary Clinton, who has the guts and the grace to keep coming back and putting those cracks in that highest and hardest glass ceiling until she finally breaks through, lifting all of us along with her. That's is the story of this country, the story that has brought me to this stage tonight, the story of generations of people who felt the lash of bondage, the shame of servitude, the sting of segregation, but who kept on striving and hoping and doing what needed to be done so that today I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. watch my daughters, two beautiful, intelligent black young women, playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. And, be and because of Hillary Clinton, my daughters and all our sons and daughters now take for granted that a woman can be President of the United States. So look, so don't let anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great, that somehow we need to make it great again, because this right now is the greatest country on earth. And as my, my daughters prepare to set out into the world, I want a leader who is worthy of that truth. A leader who is worthy of my girl's promise and all our kids' promise. A leader who will be guided every day by the love and hope and impossibly big dreams that we all have for our children. So in this election, we cannot sit back and hope that everything works out for the best. We cannot afford to be tired or frustrated or cynical. No, hear me. Between now and November, we need to do what we did eight years ago and four years ago. We need to knock on every door. We need to get out every vote. We need to pour every last ounce of our passion and our strength and our love for this country into electing Hillary Clinton as President of the United States of America. So let's get to work. Thank you all, and God bless. 
That, of course, was First Lady Michelle Obama. Coming up next, your lady, Leslie Marshall, will be joined by Scott Paul, the president of the Alliance of American Manufacturing, live from the DNC.